Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college half of our flagship podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Colin's got his Snuggie on. He is toasty. Um, it's a robe. You're going as a loser for Halloween, huh? Oh, it's well, that was sorry. That was that was just uncalled for. Um, I did wear a onesie for Halloween, though. It was uh, yeah, Jack Skellington uh, is what I went as, and my fiance was gracious enough to instead of make me wear like you know a suit like he does in the actual thing, like some other people wore. Uh, she got me a onesie, and I yeah, just you, put the hood up. You did the you had the laziest costume I've literally ever seen in my life. Well, I'm not going to go that far. I mean, Jim from uh, the office wrote book on his face. Is Jim a real person? He may as well be. He's real in our hearts. Yeah. I didn't want to wear a suit. That is the laziest thing ever. So I didn't want to wear a suit to a party. Especially one that I was throwing. I mean, it was my home. I wanted to wear a onesie. It was comfy. That's so lazy. Um, what did you go as? Nothing. I hate Halloween. Mm. You were a banana on um, uh, Better, weren't you? I was not a banana. I was Will Levis's favorite snacks. Okay. I also had a coffee cup full of mayo. Okay. Fair enough. And I'm the one who jinxed him this weekend. We're not going to talk about Will Levis in this episode. Um, but while we're on the subject, he stinks, man. <laughs> Will Levis is so bad. I feel... So, so, so bad for whatever NFL fan base gets stuck with that turd of a quarterback prospect for the next four years. Like, holy crap. <laughs> Did you watch my uh, weekend recap? Oh, no, God, no. Football morning? So it was no. you. I didn't watch it today. No. no. Okay. No. Well, I just said that, you know, is uh, anybody who was a supporter of his is now seeing what everybody else is seeing. That was an He's, abysmal, abysmal game. 3.6 yards per attempt. The Will Levis apologists are still out in full force. Oh, well, the offensive line stinks. Oh, you know, yeah, the play calling is bad. Like, just call a spade a spade, man. He hasn't looked good all season. He's terrible. Yeah. Um, just, just so bad. But that's not what we're going to talk about here tonight, guys. Um, couple of little housekeeping items here before we hop in. First one, guys, we have Maction football starting Tuesday night this week. So make sure as you're listening to this, hopefully you, this is an early week listen for you, um, that you're getting your lineup set um, or at least, you know, the Mac guys that you want to play. Get them in there. Um, get, get them out of your flex. <laughs> don't want to play. Don't want to play an early week guy in the flex, as the NFL Dynasty Bros will tell you. Um and uh, yeah, get just get ready for uh, for those games. And honestly, just start all your Mac guys. Like, the, yeah, just throw them all in there. Like, some at this point, we, we were de- we were debating if we were going to do some Mac specific content, and we were like, what's the point? Like, just fire them all up. Every game's fifty to forty five. Um, so that's that's going to be our piece of advice on that. Second piece of housekeeping here, real quick. We still have two jerseys to give away. Bijan Robinson and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, Jordan Addison found a new home. Uh, we gave that one away. Uh, everybody, if you already entered, um, you're still in the pot to enter these ones. But if you have not entered or you haven't maximized your, your entries yet, here's the three ways that you can enter uh, to the drawing to win one of these signed jerseys. First, go to Prize Picks, guys. We do a lot of Prize Picks content. We've been crushing it with the Prize Picks content lately. Uh, promo code C2C when you sign up. 
Um, if you pair that with an initial deposit, at least $20, uh, you will get $29.99 toward your C2C membership. You will get entered into this giveaway and you'll actually get a match up to $100. So you put in $100, um, uh, price picks matches it. So um, free money, never a bad thing. And we'll help you win some extra cash along the way. So that's way number one. Number two, review the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and then just send us a little screenshot uh, that, you know, saying, you know, this is me because uh, usernames don't always match up. Uh, you can either uh, DM that to us on um, on Twitter at Campus Canton, or you can email it to us, campus2canton at gmail.com. So that's way number two, uh, reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. And then number three, calling into our Better Sports show. So we do a show on the Better Sports Radio Network every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. Um some combination of three or four of us on or two or three of us on there. Um, and you can download that app, better sports, B E T T O R. Um, and then that's all you have to do. There's, there's no uh, membership required or anything like that. Just download the app. Uh, you can call in, uh, give us your thoughts on whatever you want to talk about that day. That gets you entered as well. So three ways to enter. Um, the, we uh, are giving the next Jersey away this weekend on the tailgate Saturday morning. Uh, and that's from 10 to noon Eastern on our, YouTube page. And then the final giveaway is going to be the following weekend on uh, the aforementioned Better Sports Network show. So that's all the information there. If you have any questions about it, um, feel free to reach out to one of us or to the or to just, you know, in general, Campus Canton, we can point you in the right direction. If you reach out uh, to Campus Canton, odds are one of Austin and I will answer anyway. It's probably Colin. I, I don't answer a ton of questions every now and then I pop oh, in. Okay. Uh, I, I, I get a handful here or there, but uh, okay. Yeah. Usually you, I think maybe it's um, Matt. maybe Matt's the other one. Then that's, in yeah. There. Yeah. That sounds right. Um, so let's, uh, let's hop right. Oh, and you handed out candy this evening, Colin. Is that correct? I did. Mm-hmm. Good yep. man. Yep. Yeah. For, uh, for two hours tonight, we had uh trick or treaters pop in and out, live in a little, uh, little neighborhood here. Lots of kids coming through. How fun. How fun. Very. I did not wear a costume as I was handing out the candy, though. No onesie? Nope. No onesie. Good man. Could have worn a suit. Could have, yeah. <laughs> Been a real adult. I don't know. Just I'm just throwing out ideas here. I don't I don't know. Whatever sticks, sticks. Um, so let's hop into just a little review of this past week, Colin. First off, I think it should be mentioned. Um, we are rivals in the program. And I'm sure that people want to update on this. Go. I wrecked Colin this week. And my, we get two rivalry matchups. Mine are Colin and Matt Bruning. I wrecked both of them. So great week for Team Austin. Bad week for the other two. Uh, I suck on that, Colin. Um, any, do you have anything to say for yourself? It was uh, it was a disappointing showing this weekend from the guys, um, from from the team. You know, we're going to be looking at the, at the starting lineup here. Um, nobody's job is safe right now after a showing like that. Because it was uh, it was not good. I also lost to my in conference rival, who picked up their second win of the season against me, handing me my second loss, knocking me out of a first place by a first round by. So uh, we got a lot of we got a lot of soul searching to do right now. I believe I beat you and Matt by a combined 160 points. So um, go team Austin. Um, secondly, Connor Wegman, freshman quarterback at Texas A&M, a five-star quarterback in this past year's class. What do we have him in our freshman guide? Five or six in the class overall. We had him ranked 
pretty high. I know he was a top five quarterback option for me. He was in the same tier for me as Klubnik, Ty Simpson, and um, uh, somebody else in there. It was not Stockton. Actually, I had Stockton in the tier below. I might have been Nick Evers. I I like that landing spot. Um, Not anymore, but I did. Um, But yeah, Connor Wegman went out his first start of the season there for Texas A&M, the first start of his career. Um, And he was pretty good for texas a&m um didn't lead them to a win but it was definitely the best that they've looked all season um the offense actually was able to you know move the ball uh, fairly regularly um his final stat line he threw 44 passes which is shocking that they put a true freshman in there and let him do that 338 yards four touchdowns and no interceptions um so you know Probably not. You probably couldn't consider that mistake-free football, but you know, no, no real backbreakers there. Um, so I guess my first question, Colin, like quarterback of the future, I think you have to roll with this kid now, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. With how bad Haynes King has looked throughout the year, Max Johnson is hurt, um, but he also didn't look particularly inspiring before that anyway. So with how he looked in this one, yeah, you absolutely have to to roll with him. He's your five-star guy. They brought him in in this highly touted class, so he is pretty clearly their quarterback of the future, even though they've kind of flirted with some uh, some 2023 guys as well. But I, th- I think Wigman is the quarterback of the future there, and you know he there's there's a lot of tools there to work with. Um, my big concern was will he get the refinement that he needs at Texas A&M with under Jimbo, and in this at least in this game. They ran a high, uh, like a higher tempo offense here. They played with some pace. The offensive line looked better than it had in the past couple of weeks. They actually kind of protected him at times. Now he made some freshman mistakes, but that's to be expected in his first career start. Overall, though, very good performance from him, and little ray of hope that maybe they run an up tempo offense and they aren't running, you know, thirty five plays a game or whatever it was when they played App State. Um, I, yeah, I think, um, Wegman, I, I was going back and looking through my notes just on some of these guys as we get toward the end of the season. And I just wrote, um, that he was probably one of the more day one ready quarterbacks. I'm interested to see what the ceiling is. He's the kind of kid that you can tell that he has had a lot of high end coaching throughout the years, which is a nice thing. Like it, it really, really can get a kid to college. Uh, but I do worry with some of those guys that they are kind of robotic. And how they go through things so it'll really be interesting to see what he does what, what he you know how he improves there at texas a&m um i think you know maybe we can't draw huge takeaways from this but i think it's useful to look at the target distribution from this game for a&m and really three guys got the majority of the targets uh devin Achain, who got eight targets in this game turned that into seven catches for 41 yards and a touchdown um, so that, you know, he's been a good fantasy option, but that, that receiving floor could be really, really nice for him down the stretch here. Uh, Moose Muhammad, uh, who had 11 targets in this one, and he turned that into eight catches for 112 yards and a touchdown. Muhammad has been really, really good. He stepped in, uh, four weeks ago, I believe. Um, I forget who got injured, but, uh, they, one of their starting, a nice Smith. that's right. A nice Smith got injured and he stepped in and he's filled that role, uh, really, really nicely. So it'll be interesting to see. If Smith comes back, what they do with Muhammad and him next year. Um, but uh, he's been really, really good the past couple of weeks and, and yeah, had 11 uh, targets in this one. And then Evan Stewart had 12. 
it was clear that they had some decent chemistry there and he turned those 12 into six catches for 88 yards uh and a touchdown i mean at this it's not like there's a ton of talent behind them here especially with chris marshall suspended for the season um but it's looking like those two could see a really super con- consolidated target share, um, which I think makes them basically weekly starters. I mean, either way, I, like they'll get down, they'll have to pass a lot, they'll get targets, or like I, I don't think they'll be in the lead where they can grind out clock. That's not how this offense is, or this team is built right now. And that's not like a, they're bad joke. It's just like your running back is undersized. You have a freshman like. Pretty much that I don't think there will be a game where they're up like 15, 16, you know, 20, and they're just running the clock. Yeah, I don't really think that that's them either. Um, you know, if they play with that same tempo that we saw last week, I think both of these guys could be sustainable options down the stretch for fantasy. If they go kind of back to the way they were the, you know, past, what was it, seven games before this one, I only think one of these guys is going to be a fantasy relevant player on a week to week basis. And I don't know exactly which one it would be. My money would probably be on Muhammad. He's a little bit more consistent, but Evan, you know, Stewart obviously offers that big play threat. He can score from, you know, really anywhere on the field if they get the ball in his hands the right way. But uh, this offense, you know, like I said, it, it looked more impressive. So potentially both of them could be options down the stretch. Um, yeah, I think I think they both are. Um, one other name that I wanted to note here that I think has actually been um, like he hasn't been incredible um, or anything, but the past couple weeks, uh, Donovan Green, the true freshman tight end there, uh, I don't necessarily want to call it a like a breakout. But he's you know he's getting like three or four targets a game, but he's turning him, him into you know three or four catches a game. This one he had four targets, but he had four catches for forty eight yards, and he's had a couple of stat lines like that over the past few weeks. Like, I don't know that this guy will ever be a, a mega producer. It's too early to say, um, and, you know, tight end can be really, really hit or miss here in college, but AM has had some productive tight ends here um, while Jimbo has been there. And green was one of the higher rated tight ends in this year's class. So um, it's very, very under the radar, sneaky kind of guy um, that, that has been doing something. So just, just interesting to note that with him, I don't know if you've been, you've been watching him at all, Colin, just kind of, I, I want, I actually, I think he was available in one of my leagues and I'm, Ooh, I'm, I made a move for him this week. Um, it's a league that's like notoriously anti Debbie. Um, uh, so, okay. Yeah. But he, he was hanging out out there. Interesting. Yeah. I, I've noticed he's been getting a little bit more run lately as well. Um, you know, he was my tight end uh, two in the class I believe, behind Delp. Delp was pretty comfortably the one. Um, but I thought Devin Green showed a lot of traits there, you know, so it's good to see him get on the field early here, uh, you know, and actually build a little bit of a rapport with another freshman there in, in Wigman in this last game here. So, you know, it could be a really nice core moving forward in, in Wigman, um, Stewart and Green. And we'll see what they bring in for next year as well. I mean, I know they've been trying to to uh, to bring somebody in there. Um yeah, the last last few games, they four targets, five targets, two targets, three targets, three targets. Like he's he's definitely uh, becoming more involved. And really, since week four, um, he's seeing a decent amount of snaps as well. It, week five, he saw fifty six. He saw sixty one in week six, and then forty two and fifty four um, the last two weeks. So he's been a busy guy there. Um, so good to see. The other performance that I think is notable from this weekend that I wanted to toss out there is Caleb Williams. And I know you'll say, you know, Caleb Williams, he's he, he plays well every week. Like, what, what do we need to talk about here? Um, 
But I think this is interesting for a couple of, of reasons, a couple of different angles we can come at this. Um, Caleb Williams put up like a 50-point fantasy week this week, 31 for 45, 411 yards, five touchdowns uh, through the air and added another 14 yards on the ground. And I, this is even more impressive uh, than what he usually does here. Uh, because there was no Jordan Addison in this one. Uh, it would be interesting to see if he's back for next week. But there was also no Mario Williams. Sound like he tweaked something in warm-ups or, or, or something leading up to this game. So so he did not play either. So without those two, without his main guy, he spread the ball around a lot. But, I mean, 400 yards passing, uh, albeit it's Arizona's defense. But, I mean, just a, a really nice performance uh, for a guy that, I mean, he, he kind of just answers a question whenever you put one in front of him. You know, Can he... You know, learn to be more of a pocket passer. Yeah, he does that. Can he do it without his top guy? Like, yeah, he does that. Can he, you know, move to a new conference? Like, yeah, he does that. Like, he just keeps answering all these questions as we put them in front of him. Yeah, I mean, he's moved. That's why exactly why he's moved up to my QB1 um, in college football, you know, over Bryce Young, over CJ Stroud, because he, like you said, he just keeps answering every question that you ask of him. You know, we were, that was definitely my biggest miss of that class. You know, I thought he obviously had a high ceiling, you know, given his rushing ability, but he was very unrefined in high school. Um, could, couldn't even complete 60% of his passes in high school. Uh, and then, you know, so I, I was worried about how he would be as a passer at the next level, but Lincoln Riley and, and that offense has really developed him well. And a big hat tip to him, too, for putting in all that work to get from where he was as a passer in high school to where he is now, where he can do it with with anybody, you know, and those the wide receivers for USC, you know, behind him there, they're not they're not bad. You know, Brendan Rice is OK. Taj Washington's OK. Kyle Ford flashed at times when he stayed healthy. So those guys aren't terrible, but nobody on that. It, nobody on the in that crew was a wide receiver one. Um, they are, you know, kind of barely like a wide receiver two. They're all like solid ancillary pieces. And Caleb Williams elevated that entire unit there in, in this one. And that was uh, that was very good to see there as well. I'm not going to name any names, but somebody on our staff at Campus to Canton said he had never heard of Kyle before before. And I almost drove to where he is and slapped him. Just total back of the hand. <laughs> um Educate yourself, Kyle Ford, a former freak prospect yeah. uh, who is he unfortunately five is star or very high. Uh, he was a very high four star, I believe, yeah. um, and a really really good athlete. Produced there as a freshman, and there looked like he was about to, and then uh, boom goes one knee, boom goes the other knee, and here we are now. Um, but yeah, I, I I miss Kyle Ford. I, I think I removed him from my rankings this year, and I uh, this yep. game doesn't put him back on my rankings or anything for me, but. Um, made me sad when i had to uh to pull the plug finally um so but yeah that and and brendan rice i think is is interesting he saw joint most targets but he in terms of efficiency with those targets was not good i just don't think i think he's a very limited player he might get drafted because of who his dad is his dad's jerry rice for anybody that doesn't know uh, but brendan rice i i don't think he's any good no i don't think he is either i think he's just he's kind of a solid college ancillary piece not really much of an NFL guy. I don't think he's going to get past a rookie contract in the NFL again, unless some team just for whatever reason really values the son of Jerry Rice and thinks that they can do something with him. But yeah, agreed. I mean, they brought him in before they got Jordan Addison 
And I mean, they, there's not a lot of, you look at this list. I mean, you were naming some of the names, you know, Rice, Taj Washington, Kyle Ford, Michael Jackson, uh, T- Michael Jackson. <laughs> Thank you. Terrell <laughs> Bynum, Travis Dye, CJ Williams, Kyron Hudson, really Brown. I we haven't it. got to do that for a while. And we he hasn't really not. been relevant. No, like it, this is not a, a, a who's who of like guys that we love. Um, so, and it is noteworthy, by the way, the CJ Williams. Did you, did you mention CJ Williams? I didn't hear you. Say I that. did not know. Um, we have been saying, you know, are, are some of these freshmen that are still year one zero is going to get any run? Uh, are they going to get the opportunity? You know, a lot of them, their, their snap share isn't really increasing. Well, CJ Williams got some game time in this one, uh, two targets, one catch, 14 yards. So, um, not great. This was kind of the, the opportunity. We'll see if Addison's back next week. Uh, Williams sounded minor. So we'll see if he's back next week as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, CJ Williams tied for sixth on the team in targets in this one where they were missing both of their top two guys. So not a lot of hope for him moving forward. They threw it 45 times. They got two. Two. Not good. Not good. Um, I would rather get out ahead of that and sell him now than wait around to the end of the season when now everybody knows what that means, personally. I agree. People are getting sharper, people. The edges are not quite as... like. Legitimately, four years ago, you could you would have gotten Quinchon Judkins for free in yeah. whatever league you're in. He was a you three because he was a three star. Yeah, you you. I'm trying to think of some other guys that kind of were lowly ranked this year. Like there's there's tons of Damian guys Martinez. Out. Yeah, Damian Martinez would have been free. Um, like just a lot of these guys would have been free. Yeah. So Ashton Genty. Um. Yeah. Genty. TV um, Norton. Yeah. Yeah. Any of these. A lot of those uh, guys. Norton would have been drafted. Norton would have been drafted. You think? So four years ago, I will say in a startup that I did, Brees Hall did not get drafted as a true freshman. Yeah. Even though there was like news that he might become the back there. Um, like that, it's just been, it's, the landscape's totally changed. Um, and from year to year, uh, everybody gets a little bit better, which is good. It's a good thing. Um, so rising tide raises all ships. Yes. So it just kind of sucks a little bit because it, you know, takes out the, takes off the edge a little bit of, of some of the people who were doing a deeper dive before. It's a real bummer. Still good things. Still we, had good to, things. we had to scrounge back in my day for little nuggets of information. Now it's all out there. Yep. Um, and easily accessible. Um, top performers of the week, Colin. Um, you really did not follow instructions here at all. Yes, uh, I did. He was the top noted. tight end. What's that? Gonna go quarterback first, you're calling. Oh, quarterback. well, I didn't put the I didn't put them in that order on the sheet. Yeah, that's the order that it was in. You put Jalen Maiden down, Colin. Yes, was Jalen Maiden the top quarterback this week? No, he was the QB no. four. Okay, but who's ahead of him? Nick, Bo Nix, Drake May, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. Nobody wants to hear us talk about those guys. These guys have been doing it all year. Bo Nix, dark horse Heisman candidate. Jalen Maiden, quarterback at San Diego State, two hundred ninety-one yards passing in this one, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, another added another forty-three yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Um, that game was on past my bedtime. Well, sort of not sort of. Yeah, I, I was on late night show with us, but I can't can't I can't watch and and no. do a show like that's just unprofessional. Yeah. Felix would have my head you would um, do that. running back. Richard Reese running back from Baylor. Uh, technically, again, Colin did not follow instructions was technically the RB two on the week, but it was Zach Charbonnet who was RB one. So again, um, nobody wanted to hear us talk about that. Uh, 
148 yards and three touchdowns on the ground for Richard Reese. This tiny little back yeah. just keeps doing it. Yeah. Who would have I bef- a couple weeks ago, I was like, I still think Tay McWilliams gets this job back when he comes back healthy. We have no idea when that is. He's still not healthy. I I have pivoted. I do think this is Richard Reese's job for the next, you know, probably like three years. He'll at least be like the one A there. So I was a little late to the party on that one. So hand up. It's on me. Yeah, get it together, Colin. Uh, wide receiver. Um, I'm pretty sure again you did not follow. Him. Second, he was second. Man, he got you really, really getting really defensive here, Colin, for a guy that didn't do his job. Um, who was number one this week at wide receiver? <laughs> Antoine Green was number okay. one, but I refuse to talk about him. Yeah, we've talked about him so much. Um, the bad man, it the would bad have man. been, it would have been a crime to talk about him again. Uh, Dorian we're gonna Singer. talk about him later in the show. Was oh man, I'm gonna have a meltdown. Colin is out here not doing his job. Spoiling the rest of the show and just generally just ruining the flow of everything that's going on here. I mean, do you have anything to say for yourself? Yeah, I do. Dorian Singer, wide receiver of the week this week. He was in contention for player of the week this week, had it not been for a massive day from Caleb Williams. Dorian Singer, wide receiver for Arizona, seven catches, 141 yards, and three touchdowns. I am operating under the assumption that Jacob Cowing is going to leave for the NFL after this year. Leaving Dorian Singer potentially the number one option in a high-powered Arizona offense here. Yay or nay? Mm. Or do you think that's going to be Tet McMillan? I think it'll be McMillan. But I think think they'll both be able to. I mean, we've seen them support three receivers this year. They're throwing the ball, I believe, 42 times a game. Uh, Jaden Ballara will be back. Um, And like they, they all get targets. Like McMillan got targets in this one. He had an amazing catch down the sideline, like one-handed kind of brought it in. And then he had a bunch of red zone targets too that just were like like slightly too high. Like you can kind of get a fingertip on it. Like they were very awkward catches. I don't think he probably like should have caught any of them. So um, yeah, that volleyball background. Yeah, it's, it's paying off. Uh, and then tight end, Jalen Conyers. Wait, uh, uh, wait. Hmm? Well, you missed the honorable on. mention. No, I didn't. I'm good. Honorable mention. Parker Washington, wide receiver for Penn State in this one, had the breakout game that we were all kind of hoping for all year. You know, Parker Washington was a top 10 Debbie wide receiver in this class for a fair number of people. He was top 15 for the vast majority of people. Uh, He has 11 for 179 and a touchdown in this one against Ohio State. Uh, And he's been he's been rolling a little bit more of late, you know, um, last week uh, against um minnesota he also had a nice day as well so he is back to being the top option for penn state here uh had a nice little performance there so i wanted to highlight that there wasn't a lot Um, for me to highlight this weekend okay okay Okay. at least in terms of football okay because you were in your onesie all weekend yes uh jalen conyers tight end arizona state the last one um was the time waiting guy been waiting for him to do something for years now um, finally puts it together this week. Um, who's th- this quarterback that's in for Arizona State is intriguing. I don't know anything about him, um, but he seems a little bit of a better passer than Emory Jones. I don't know that. I think I would never have had to watch him play to know that. 
Um, <laughs> but he's been slinging all over the, the field here. I mean, they had they had they caught, Elijah Badger had a nice performance this week too. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, interesting to watch. We'll see what the new staff does there. Anyway, I mean, everyone there could be irrelevant in three right. months. But Conyers, nice little uh, pedigree there. He was the tight end four in his class, four star guy. Offers from Oklahoma, Georgia, Ohio State. Ended up going to Oklahoma, transferred out, goes over to Arizona State, and you know now a little a little breakout performance here. I don't know, intriguing. Um, yeah. So those are your top performers of the week, guys. We're gonna hop into waiver wire here in just a second. Uh, but before we do that, uh, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts. You can find them all in one place at Fantasy Points Live on Twitter. Uh, and you can check out their weekly Friday drop that recaps the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. Uh, promo code CAMPUS22 if you're signing up uh, with Fantasy Points gets you 10% off any membership um, there. So um, uh, good stuff from our friends over at Fantasy Points. Waiver wire, Colin. We are changing how we do waiver wire now. Um, well, I, I changed it. And you're yes, going to go along with it. Yeah. Um, executive decision. Zero consultation from me. Exactly. Um, that's how it usually goes around here. Um, so we're going to, we, you know, before guys, we've been doing, you know, if you have limited waiver pickups, if you have unlimited waiver pickups, and then, you know, maybe watch list. Uh, we're switching it up here now since it's week nine. Playoffs are starting some places and other places. This is kind of the last week of the regular season. So here's how we're going to break this up now, guys. We are going to split it into two buckets if you are a playoff contender or if you're not, basically. And if you're not, you should be rebuilding. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute, just kind of the the things you should be doing if your team is bad. Because um, the nice thing about, about these leagues is that uh, you should be able to reload again in one year. Um, so let's start with playoff contenders here, Colin. Just a couple of moves that we're going to make. Again, we're... No, we're not. We're past the point in the season where we're going to say this guy is 4% rostered on fan tracks. Go get him. He's a star. Those players do not exist anymore. But there are still some players that have very low rostership percentages at this stage um, that that I see floating out in a couple places. I think that's as good of an indicator as any that that some of these guys are, are still out there. Um, and uh, they, they could win you some weeks down the stretch here. So let's start. With Antoine Green, Colin, you spoiled this earlier. Like I did. We're gonna talk about him later, um, knowing full well that it was me. So now I just have like nothing to talk about. Um, yep. Wide receiver UNC, forty-four percent rostered on fan tracks. So high. Yeah, it's a, it's a higher percentage, but it's still not all. He's basically played four games this season. In those games, he, he in full PPR, he has forty points. 21.2 points, 15.9 points, and 30 points. Like just, just insane production when he's been healthy here. Seems like he's healthy now. Um, and he has some pretty soft defenses coming up here, guys. He gets to play Wake Forest in week 11, week not exactly known for their pass defense. And they get Georgia Tech the week after that, who granted have been a little more resolute uh, since they, they fired Jeff Collins, but they're not a scary team. And they have, uh, NC State the week after that. So, um, but I mean, those those are some nice matchups. He's you know wide receiver one A one B with Josh Downs there at UNC. He's, he's he's a good CFF asset. So I'm I think if you've got pickups left, I, I think he's a just a, a must grab. Yeah, I mean I, I would agree with that too. You know he 
in the four games, like you said, battling some injuries, but when he's been out there, he's been the clear number two option for this passing attack that is throwing at an incredibly high rate. And they're, you know, they have a good quarterback, Drake May. So he can distribute the ball to Green. He can get it to Downs. It's kind of been concentrated mostly to those two. And like you said, soft matchup down the stretch. So it could be a league winner. Uh, another guy that we recommend adding for playoff contenders here, a little bit lower ownership than Antoine Green. That's uh, Dorian Singer, wide receiver for Arizona, guy we just talked about. Put up that big stat line this past week, 7-141 and three touchdowns. Only 16% owned on fan tracks. So there is a good chance that he is available in your leagues. This is, like we said, a high-powered Arizona passing attack. They're throwing 40 times a game. And Dorian Singer has increasingly become a bigger portion of that offense through the last five weeks, 13 targets, seven targets, seven targets, 10 and 11 um, in terms of recep- set receptions, seven, six, three, nine, and eight. Um, this offense is supporting more than one wide receiver and Dorian Singer has kind of been a benefit lately and he should continue down the stretch as well. You know, he's got that pack 12 schedule. So I uh, Dorian Singer, another guy who could potentially be a league winner for you. Yeah. Um, Last one here, we already talked a lot about him, so I'm not going to expound on it too much, but it's that it's Moose Muhammad at Texas A&M, wide receiver. 8% rostered right now, guys. Um, good target numbers. Seems to have chemistry with Wegman. I think there's a very plausible scenario where this is just, like we said, a, a very concentrated um, uh, target distribution down the stretch. It's Stewart and Muhammad, and, and you know, Achain throwing it sprinkled in there a little bit, so... Um, for eight percent, like he he's out there a lot. I think you, uh, I, I think he's definitely a guy that I'm going toward. The only reason that he, I have him a little lower than the other two guys on here, um, they, uh, I don't foresee Texas A&M passing the ball 44 times a game with Wegman in there, like they did this past week or 38 or whatever they did. Like I just don't think that Jimbo wants to do that. Um, so at the end of the day, where UNC is going to pass the ball 40 plus times, Arizona is going to pass the ball 40 plus times. Um, Texas A&M won't. So um, a, a little riskier there, but I, I still don't think it's too bad. Right. And, you know, he also has to contend with uh, Evan Stewart. You know, the other two guys have guys to contend with as well. But when there's so much volume, you can spread it out and you can afford that. It's a lot smaller of a margin of error for Moose Muhammad. But I still think a nice option down the stretch for you. Uh, and now if you're rebuilding on the on that side of things, you know, you're done. Uh, eye towards next year. Will Howard quarterback for Kansas state is looking like a nice option there. He's only 5% owned on fan tracks and he's probably the QB, of the future at Kansas state, you know, Adrian Martinez out of eligibility and will Howard's filling in for him this week looked really good. Uh, 296 yards passing four touchdowns added another 37 yards on the ground on 21 carries. And we were talking about it a little bit. Three, he's three years of eligibility left. We think, um, you know, he's, he's listed as a junior, but redshirted. He had a COVID year, so likely has at least two years left, maybe even three. Uh, and I mean, the, he has three. We'll see if he uses them all, but fair, fair. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a good option moving forward there for you next year as well. And Adrian Martinez misses another week. Uh, he could pay, pay you back right away. Yeah, yeah, he definitely could. Um, MJ Morris, another freshman uh, QB here who got, well, Howard's listed as a junior, but he's like first time starter. Um, MJ Morris is a freshman though, uh, at NC state filled in for Devin Leary this week. 
uh, 3% rostered on fan tracks. And he looked pretty good uh, this weekend, 20 for 29, uh, 265 yards, three touchdowns. Like, yeah, he didn't throw for 450 yards or anything, but um, he was steady. He looked good. I think there's a lot to build on here uh, as a freshman. And again, you you get two, three, four years out of the guy um, over the next few years. So uh, I, I think he's a pretty solid bet. I, I, um, I have bids in, in two leagues, I think, for him. I don't know if I'll get him or not. But, um, yeah, he looked pretty sharp, especially in leagues where you have to start more more than two quarterbacks because I'm in several of those. And I think he's worth a, a pretty solid amount in those. Yeah, I agree. You know, Starting more than two quarterbacks does definitely change the landscape there of the league. Um and yeah, like you said, it could potentially be the guy next year if Leary returns. We'll see how that plays out. But he looked really good last week. Uh, moving on to a running back for your rebuild here, Rodney Hammond, running back for Pittsburgh. Uh, he is 33% owned on fan tracks, but I think a lot of that is likely due to some you know inactivity in some leagues here because he really has not been relevant since week one. Uh, week one. Leads a team in carries, 16 carries, 74 yards, two touchdowns against Pitt, gets or against uh, WVU, and he gets hurt in that one. And ever since then, it has been the Izzy Bonaconda show. And Izzy could parlay this recent success that he's had into the NFL draft. And if Izzy does leave, you know, either way, this offense is still likely to be very run heavy. You know, um, I don't think that either the OC or the QB are going to be replaced, um, but. You know, so if they keep everybody in pl- in, in place, there, still going to run the ball a lot next year. It's looking like Rodney Hammond could be that guy if Izzy leaves. Uh yeah, I I think that that's. Uh, I don't think they're going to fire Frank Signetti, and if they do, their offense coordinator, if Pitt does, Narduz is going to bring in another guy that wants to run the ball. And yeah, there's they have a really good freshman quarterback this year or coming in next year, Kenny Minchie, um, but. I don't think he'll start as a true freshman. It'll probably be Slovis or Patty. So um, just a couple of the names here, guys, some upperclassmen that have way lower roster percentages than I thought they would. Uh, Keon Coleman, wide receiver, Michigan State, 21%. Big athletic guy, been the leading receiver at Michigan State. We'll see what they do with their quarterback situation. We'll see what that football program's doing. Um, some issues this weekend. Um potential uh, criminal charges and lawsuits coming their way. But, but Coleman was not involved in any of that. Um, and he's just, you know, he's, he's a good player, basketball player. Um, so I, I, I think there's NFL upside here. There's, there's Debbie and CFF uh, potential. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jaden Reed uh, off to the NFL after this, after this year. So he should step into the lead wide receiver in that offense next year. Um Next guy we have on the list here, last one, Elijah Badger, wide receiver for Arizona State. This is a guy that I've been, you know, keeping an eye on for the last two years here. He's a guy that I liked as a freshman, ended up being academically ineligible for that year. Uh, missed the entire year. So last year, his first year in college, didn't really do anything. Uh, and then this year, through the early part of the season, um, didn't really do anything much there either, but the last three games, he's really caught fire here over 20 points in each of the last three games. Uh, he is electric. He is a dynamite athlete, very dynamic with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, he's a, a very much a Brandon Ayuk esque type of a player here. Um, you know, only 15% owned, so likely available in your leagues, although not if you're in a league with me. Um, but the big question marks with him is, 
is what's that coaching staff going to look like next year? We don't really know. What's the quarterback going to look like next year? Again, don't really know. And technically, he is three years out of school, so he could technically leave if he wanted to, although that would surprise me. But I think he'll be a big part of Arizona's plans moving forward because he's a very talented player. All right, so that's going to do it for Waiver Wire here tonight, guys. If you're looking for other Waiver Wire information, check out uh, Waiver Wire Tuesdays, which Colin and I do, um, or Chasing the Natty does a full uh, or, or a, a large waiver wire section every week on their early week show, although there is no uh, waiver or no uh, chasing the natty this week. Um, all right, Colin, before we go through our start sits, just real quick, I, I want to give some tips to rebuilders here because I think, you know, especially for those that are, it's their first year in leagues, they're getting to this point, this is, uh, you know, the learning curve got them. They, they did not perform as well as they wanted to. Uh, fear not. Um, we're going to try to help you turn this thing around for next year on the college side. Um, I mentioned it earlier. It's really nice that you get 15, you know, at least 15, usually supplemental fre- uh, you know, freshman picks every year um, that you can use. It turns over basically a third of your roster in, in, in most leagues. So there shouldn't be a ton of issue of you taking a team from from you know last to first say I, I, i've seen teams do it pretty easily uh, i've seen the opposite happen too so um that's what we're going to get you prepared for um and uh, we've got a couple just you know three pointers here that we think you know they they might seem obvious if you've done this before but if you haven't you might be a little lost as to what's going on let's jump right into the first one here colin um and i think I want to start with this this note. Trade away all your CFF players with no eligibility left. I mean, CFF players are guys that probably aren't going to get NFL draft capital, or they might, you know, like third or fourth round is the ceiling, and their profiles are terrible. So we don't necessarily care anyway. Um, Lots of players like that out there. Uh, Think of Charlie Jones, the wide receiver for Purdue. Think of Malik Cunningham, quarterback at... um, uh, Louisville, think of Adrian Martinez, quarterback at Ken, uh, Kansas State. Uh, there are plenty more of those kinds of guys out there. Um, but these are the kind of guys that, like, it's getting to the end of the year, you find a trade partner. Like, just find one. And at some point, if someone's the best they're offering you is an eighth or ninth round pick, take it. Do it. Because you're going to get nothing. This is Gronk just retired on your team. Is it, you, you're going to get nothing for that. Yeah. Like you said, it's. A point that seems maybe obvious to some, but I also think that there are maybe not enough people who take advantage of that out here because given the limited nature of college football, you know, you only get four or five years of eligibility here and then you're done. And if you're a guy at a G5 school or if you're a guy with not really an NFL future, you're not going to get any value for that beyond this year. So take anything that you can get at this point in the year. I would have recommended, you know, taking an honest assessment of your team earlier in the year and moving these guys earlier in the year when you might've had a couple people bidding on it, you know, maybe you can get something a little bit more, but at this point, just, yeah, take anything you can get for Keelan Stokes, for Chris Thornton, uh, wide receiver for Tulsa, Keelan Stokes, wide receiver for James Madison university um, from Chris Thornton, guys like that, you know, take whatever, you can get. I, I literally had a league last year where somebody wanted like a fourth quarterback. 
going into the playoffs. I sold them some sort of CFF guy for their 15th round pick, like their last pick, or like it might've been a 14th rounder. I was like, yeah, like I'll just take whatever. Um, so seriously, guys, those picks can turn into anything um, in the off season, which sounds stupid. It's very, very late, but it's not like a dynasty rookie pick. Um, there, there's still plenty of quality CFF uh, options and, and, you know, maybe some sneaky freshmen out there. So um, yeah, hundred percent. I, yeah, uh, I mean, if you've been, if you listen to our show early in the year, you hear a lot of these waiver wire guys that are available, you know, those are guys who didn't even get drafted. So yeah, you're going to miss on some CFF producers in your supplemental draft. You're also going to hit on some too, you know, so every pick matters there, especially in a league where, you know, if you are uh, rebuilding, you probably missed on a good amount of, of players at some point, And you're probably going to have a fair amount of open roster spots where you aren't going to necessarily feel bad about cutting a guy and, you know, take every pick you can get. I definitely have a couple teams this year that my CFF picks in that league weren't great. You know, a lot of leagues with mm-hmm. Nathaniel Pete, Tay McWilliams, Christopher Brooks, Brooks, um, even Dominic Richardson, like hasn't been good. He's just had a couple weeks where he's been able to punch in the ball from the one a couple times. But, um, like I I definitely have a bunch of teams with those guys sitting around. And um, I double tapped the, uh, Akron backfield with, um, John Zell Norrells and Cam Wiley and, Neither of those guys have been good. Um, so I can cut them both if I haven't already. Yeah. Utah State wide receivers. I mean, yeah, the list goes on and on of just, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I probably have at least one of those kind of options in all my leagues, but there are one or two where I hit the jackpot and I have all of them. Um, yep. And I have uh, tried to move on from what I can in those leagues and look forward uh, to next year. Um, I think the next step, Colin, beyond just trading away all of your CFF players with no eligibility. Is trade away all of your other CFF producers. I don't think it's like the the CF top of the CFF rankings changes so much from year to year that I don't have a problem moving Daywood Davis, even though he has another year left at Western Western Kentucky or Austin Reed for that matter. Although he'll probably be back up there, I don't have a problem moving um, uh, like Tajay Spears or. Um, I don't know. Do you have any other guys that come to mind as like, you know, they've been, they've been scoring really well this year, but they don't have Debbie upside. I don't, I don't necessarily care too much. Yeah. I, I've been kind of running through some in my head here, um, but I actually, the first two names that popped in my head, Max Dugan quarterback for TCU and Ali Jennings for uh wide receiver for old dominion. Those are potential options, but I do think both of those guys could perform at a similar level next year as well. Uh, both those guys will be back. So I, I think it's kind of league dependent, but Max Dugan, probably a guy that I would be a little bit more willing to move as opposed to Ali Jennings. But again, it kind of depends on league format. And, um, you know, again, I think he could be at the top of the league there next year. You know, he was the quarterback six at this point through the year. It wouldn't surprise me to see him with another QB one finish. Uh, but Dylan Gabriel, as a guy that I would potentially be looking to move there, you know, he, he could be a guy that you could move. And uh, that kind of leads me, you know, to, to why I don't include these guys with the guys with no eligible years with no eligibility um, is because you don't have to sell these guys for just whatever right. you can get your hands on. You should still be a little picky with what you're getting back. And I think you can use that as part of, part of your sales pitch, you know, um, mm-hmm. someone comes to you and says, I want Max Duke. And you said, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to move him. He has another year left in that great offense. Give me a fifth for him. 
give me a you know a fourth. I want a little bit more than that personally. I would take it if it's at this point in the season. I would. You took a fourth for DTR. He has no eligibility yeah, left. I mean, I'm just, just saying. I don't... He has no eligibility left. Max Dugan does have another year left, and I like quarterbacks in Sunny Dykes' offense. You know, just I've been saying. targeting them for the past two years. Just saying, I would take a fifth rounder from if you message me tomorrow and say I I've bought Bo Nix for a fourth in a couple of leagues this week. Like I, I don't see any. I, I think that range is completely fine. Um, that it includes guys like Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Max Dugan. Uh, yeah. I believe John Reese Plumley technically has another year. Yes, yeah, Garrett Schrader. Um, Garrett Schrader. I think he has two years. Yes, I believe. Um, so yeah, I mean, some of these guys, I, I'm fine taking um, some mid-ish round picks for them. Um, last, what about a Dwayne McBride? Yeah, I would sell him. I'm fine with that. Okay. He, he doesn't catch any passes. He's not going to go before the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, I agree with that. So, um, Alfred or never Alfred will never listen to this. He was being such a cheap ass when I was trying to buy Dwayne McBride from him in a league last week. Like just total cheap ass. Um, <laughs> and actually it's really funny because he was being a just a tight wad of all tight wads. And then he messaged me saying somebody, somebody wanted like a similar, he, he wanted Trevante citizen for Dwayne McBride and Austin Reed. Mm. I said I'm not doing that. Yeah, and he was all uppity about it. And then today he was trying to buy David Davis, and the other person wanted like a Devi player, and he was like outraged. I was like, Alfred, you just did this to me. (laughs) (laughs) Tried to justify it poorly. Um, Love you, Alfred, Um, but you won't listen to this anyway. so yeah um last thing here players that you should be targeting in trades because obviously if you're sending these things away picks are nice sometimes you can get players back in deals as well and i think this is kind of what your usual dynasty instincts should kick in here we're look, right. we're thinking freshmen we're thinking devy assets we're thinking guys that are injured that's what you're buying down the stretch in dynasty leagues if you're rebuilding so a guy like preston stone who looked really That's good. That's literally week. who I was just looking at. Broke his collarbone, <laughs> done for the rest of the season, but he's going to be the quarterback at SMU next year. He's going to put up really nice stats. He's a guy that I'm buying. I'm buying all the freshman wide receivers. I'm buying Connor Wegman. I'm buying Baron Morton, who's not technically a freshman, but I'm, you know, I'm buying a guy like that because he hasn't broken out yet really at Texas Tech. Like All these young guys that haven't really broken out but kind of have, that's kind of what I'm buying with a lot of these picks. I was buying Chris Marshall. Not buying Chris Marshall anymore. Um, <laughs> so I, I mean, I think you there's there's quite a few of those players out there that you can be fishing around for. Yeah, um, a guy like Brady Allen, quarterback for Purdue. Um, you know, Aiden O'Connell is going to be gone. You know, and Brady Allen's coming in. He was a, a four star freshman there, and that's a system that generally produces really well. Um, Justin Martin, kind of the same thing, quarterback for UCLA. You know, I think they're probably a little bit more likely to bring in a transfer quarterback. But the way it stands right now, we just said DTR out of eligibility. He will be gone. So Justin Martin looking like the guy who's going to step up. And I think he's a ready-made replacement for DTR. Um, Ty Simpson, you know, quarterback for Alabama, five-star kid. And Jalen Milrow did not look particularly good in his uh stint as the starter here so i think there's a very good possibility that ty simpson can win that job and a five-star quarterback at alabama that's worth a lot 
Um, you know, we're not going to tell you to sit here and tell you to go buy Quinshawn Judkins because that one should be obvious. And two, you're going to have a hard time prying that from anybody. I actually don't think he's a buy right now, but yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so guys like that, it's, it's a little bit tougher. Um, but you know, other guys that we just talked about Keon Coleman and, and Elijah Badger. I think that those are guys that you could get for relatively cheap right now. Um, Antonio Williams, another player that you've highlighted as a buy for a while. I don't necessarily know that his value has caught up to where it should be. Um, TJ Tamori apparently, apparently Barry and Browns has for the record. Apparently, Barry it, you know, everybody, uh, everybody knows you of Barry and Brown as your wide receiver two in the class, man. That means something. No, I don't you know, know about that. So but I've seen I'm Barry also very high. I've seen Barry, Barry and Brown move some packages that Barry and Brown should not have been moved for. Not I'm also very high on Barry and Brown, you know, so, you know, if in the right situation, yeah, I think he's a buy as well. Um, you completely derailed my thought process there on that one. Now I'm upset. You'll get it back. Don't you worry. I never have any doubt. You're sitting there, you're cozy, you're in your, your robe. Oh, I was saying um, TJ Tamorian Harden running back for UCLA is a guy that, you know, we're potentially looking at him as somebody for next year. Now, I don't know. He's probably free. That's probably more in the waiver section. But those are the types of players that you need to be looking at. Look at roles that have been successful for multiple years in a row and who the most likely candidate is to fill those roles. Now, you're going to miss on some of these. So we are going to miss on some of these. That's just the nature of the beast in CFF. But the process is good, and it'll help you set up for next year. Yes, I think all three of you, you should kind of be doing all three of those things. And I think uh, you too can win your CFF league next year. Um, start sits, Colin. We're at the end of the show here. Let's hit our start sits and we'll get out of here. Um, the rundown on these, we each pick 10 starts, 10 sits. We do not tell each other who they are ahead of time. We can have, obviously, because we don't tell each other, we can have uh, repeat players between the two of us. Um, and, uh, these are non-obvious start sits. So it's not start Bijan. It's not start Travion Robinson, uh, uh, Travion Henderson. Henderson. Jesus. Travion oh, Robinson he, and Travion Henderson. Mixed up in my head. I, 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 somebody on this show said it a couple weeks ago and was right. Um, last week it was a really good week for the, between the two of us. I went 11 yeah. and eight. I was feeling really good. Then I went through Collins and Colin went 12 and eight. So kill me now. Um, we Just went a little combined. bit better. 15 and five on sits last week. We we did very, very well on our sits. So we'll see if we can replicate that. Those magic. are almost harder too. Cause that, that sit threshold is low. Yeah, 10 points is. for a wide receiver running back. Yeah. And I actually, there was one that we both had a guy that scored 11 and I gave it to us. Okay. I like that since we both was, had it. I think it was Evan Hall. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I mean, still, you, we would not have been happy with that day. So, no. all right, let's hop in here, Colin. You always kick us off. So give us your first one and uh, we'll uh, move it on from there. Uh, first one here is Jay Sean Jackson, wide receiver for Ball State. Um, this just kind of follows a, a pretty easy principle here, and that's start your Mac guys in Mac shape. Um, you know, Jackson, though, only has two games this entire year with single digit targets and he doesn't have any games under seven targets. He only has two touchdowns on the year, which has kind of been what has been holding back his fantasy numbers a little bit here, but 
He gets Kent State this week. They have the sixth worst pass defense. They allow 287.9 yards per game. This game total is also listed at 62 points. Uh, Vegas is expecting this to be a shootout. I'm expecting this to be a shootout. And I think Jayshon Jackson is going to be the beneficiary of that because he is their lead wide receiver. All right. Uh, first up for me, Riley Leonard taking on Boston College. Boston College is terrible. And I think they, for some weird reason, like nobody's talking about how bad Boston College is this season. Maybe we'll start doing it now because they just lost to UConn and showed virtually nothing during that game. Yeah. Um, Zay Flowers so, killed me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, Phil Jerkovic, like, He's terrible, man. He's not going to play in the NFL ever. Um, nope. Just don't have any idea what that team is doing. Um, but I like Riley Leonard, Duke's quarterback, against them here. So notable dual-threat quarterbacks against Boston College here in the past few weeks. Jordan Travis had his highest passing total of uh, in the past few weeks, 321 yards, uh, and a touchdown picked up 16 yards on the ground as well. Malik Cunningham had 186 and one through the air, 1562 and three on the ground. And DJU, who isn't even really a dual threat, but they kind of tried to use him that way, had 220 for three, 220 yards and three touchdowns through the air and had 70 yards on the ground. Like this is a team that just can't contain anybody right now. They are a sieve. So I like Riley Leonard this week. I think that's a good call. I've had him a couple times on my list. So, you know, I try not to go back to the well too much. Duke's Duke's hot, man. They They're are a fun team. They are. Um, my next start here is a guy that has not appeared on my start list all season. He's been on the sit list a couple times, and it's not a hot team. It's Brennan Armstrong, quarterback for Virginia. Uh, they get UNC this week. UNC's defense is terrible. They give up 31.4 points per game, which is the 21st most in the country. Uh, 283.3 pass yards per game, 11th most in the country and 179.4 rush yards per game, 28th most in the country. Uh, they are also very susceptible to rushing quarterbacks. Riley Leonard, the guy we just talked about, had 130 yards rushing and a touchdown uh, against UNC. Darren Granger, quarterback for Georgia State, uh, had 75 yards there. Chase Bryce, quarterback for App State, had 40 yards against them rushing, which doesn't sound like a lot until that until you realize that's more than he has had in every other game combined this season, and that includes the games if you take out his negative 22 yards. Um, so he is nobody's idea of a dual threat, and he had 40 yards rushing against him. Grant Wells had a rushing touchdown against him. Even Drew Pine racked up 20 yards against them. Again, Drew not Pines another next Michael Vick. You watch your mouth. <laughs> Again, not a mobile guy at all. Um, Brennan Armstrong, on the other hand, has 50 yards or a touchdown in six of eight games here in this one. I do not like this Virginia offense, but Brennan Armstrong can still be a fantasy value. He's likely still sitting on your roster. This is the week. This is the week. Oh, this is the week. All right. Uh, Damian Martinez. I think that he is a must start moving forward every single week there. He's finally consolidated um, this backfield uh, 38 touch or 38 carries between the last two weeks. They get Washington. I know Washington is a decent rush defense, um, but I just think the volume is too much uh, to pass up here. And I think Oregon state has a good chance to win this game. Like I think game script will be on their side too. So I think Martinez, you know, a hundred plus and a touchdown at least this week uh, for him. Um, my next start here is Baron Morton quarterback for Texas tech going up against TCU. Um, the look, he was not good last week, 32% completion percentage, 
and three interceptions. They let him throw 34 times, though. Shuck only had two passes. Donovan Smith only had one pass last week. So the leash seems a little bit longer than expected with Morton here. Uh, and there was an interview today with head coach um, Joey McGuire where he said Baron Morton was going to be the first guy on the field this week, but that it was still a competition. But the fact that he said Morton was going to still be the first guy on the field, uh, I think that means a little bit of something. They get TCU this week, whose defense allows the 27th most pass yards in the country with 262. This game total is at 69.5. This is expected to be a very high-scoring game. Uh, Baron Morton, the previous two games, had looked good. I think he operates this offense very well. I think he's going to have a nice bounce back here in this one. Uh, next up for me, uh, Elijah Cooks, wide receiver for San Jose State. They get Colorado State this week. Uh, quite frankly, Colorado State stinks. Uh, Double-digit targets in three of his last four games, including this past weekend. Um, he did not quite hit 20 points, but still a pretty solid week for him all around. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Elijah Cooks again this week and probably every week down the stretch here for San Jose State. I also have Elijah Cooks. Um, points that I highlighted, double-digit targets in three of the last four. He's getting the volume. Colorado State's defense bad. They give up the 41st most pass yards per game, 233.3. They give up 32.1 points per game, which is 19th most in the country. So I expect uh, Elijah Cooks can carve them up. Well, then next up for me. So this one might, it's like, it's a fairly obvious name, but it's a very tough matchup. So I'm going to get that out of the way here because Colin said to start Keaton Mitchell last week, which was a joke. Um, start Charlie Jones against Iowa. Do not be scared of Iowa in this matchup for him. I think that he, not only is Iowa's defense, like not, like they are, they still can be susceptible at times. And Jones gets so much volume that it doesn't matter. He's had fewer than 10 targets once this season. He's had 14 and 15 targets in his last two games. Like, just even if he's not super efficient, he can still get seven for 80 in a touchdown. Like, that's just the kind of player he is in this offense. So, do not be scared of Iowa. Still rule Charlie Jones out there. He will still get you the points that you need this week. I know that's not necessarily like a bold name, but I think some people will be scared by the name Iowa across from him. I think that's fair. That's fair. I also think the shot at me for Keaton Mitchell is. That was a fair. joke. That it wasn't was a, a joke. joke. Wasn't a joke. He's a guy you start in good matchups and sit in bad matchups, but fair. Um, my next guy that I'm starting here in this one is Bucky Irving running back for Oregon. Uh, also known as Marquise Irving. Um, he's got a touchdown in three straight games. Also has three catches in three straight games, double-digit carries in six straight games. Uh, he gets Colorado, and Colorado's rush defense is terrible. They are the new Missouri from last year, uh, where we actually had to institute a rule not to pick uh, running back against Missouri. But this is a defense that you need to target aggressively on the ground. Uh, so if you have Bucky Irving, I'm starting him this week. Uh, I am also starting Irving this week. For yeah. the reasons you listed, Colorado just so bad, man. Like it's gotten to the yeah. point where, I like, and Prize Picks hasn't figured it out. They still, they still have all these guys that are going up against them so so low. Uh, so I'm interested to see what Irving's line ends up being on Prize Picks. Yeah, that'll definitely be something to monitor. Uh, my next guy here is George Halani, running back for Boise State. Uh, he's actually been on fire lately, and he has flown under the radar, at least mine anyway. 
I've not realized how good he has been recently. He's got three straight games with 100 yards and at least one touchdown. Now, he did miss that game, um, not last week, the week before that against Air Force. But in the three straight games that he's played, uh, last three, he's had 32 fantasy points, 22 fantasy points, and 27 fantasy points. And he gets BYU's defense this week. BYU also has a trash run defense where they've given up 250 yards in like three games this year. So uh, George Halani is another guy that I'm targeting this week. I also have George Halani. Yeah. Who would have thought at the beginning of the year that Boise State would be a team that like is actually clicking? But, you know, fire yeah, after they. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After they fire the head coach, bench the quarterback. Yeah. That's all they needed. Crazy. I'm uh, wondering. That... So I, this is going to be a slightly different discussion. I'm wondering if uh, Green, their quarterback, is going to be a guy that's worth investing into moving forward. Like, I don't know that he's actually any good, uh, yeah. but it's you know, it's not a you know, great defensive conference. Um. He, he could be he could be i i've i've been leaving him hanging out there too long on waiver wires maybe i should be stashing him some places if i have a roster spot i would rather have morris or howard though yeah um guy, a guy that they're bringing in in this year's class quarterback cj tiller um interesting player friend of the shows friend of the show check out the interview we had with him um my next start though it's it is me right because you had george halani so it comes back yeah, to me it's back okay yeah. Uh, my next start is Tanner Mordecai, quarterback for SMU. Um, look, Tanner Mordecai had not played well in in the, his last three games. He had 10 fantasy points, 38 fantasy points, and three fantasy points. Uh, Preston Stone got the stark la- start last week, uh, and I think he would have gotten the start even if Tanner Mordecai had cleared the concussion protocol last week, which he reportedly did not. But Preston Stone broke his collarbone, so he is out uh, for the rest of the year here in this one. So Tanner Mordecai back in. Uh, they get Houston this week. Houston allows 256.3 pass yards per game, 33rd most in the country. Um, they allow 31.1 fantasy point or 31.1 points per game, 27th most. And this game totals a 67. So another game that Vegas expects to be a high-scoring game here. So uh, I'm starting Tanner Mordecai this week. Yeah, I'm starting Catron Allen. Ooh, it's bold, bold, I think. Um, Indiana stinks, like just flat out. Indiana's crap. They're one of the worst teams I've watched this year. Um, Actually, has a pretty fair amount of carries in three of his last four games. Like he's 21 carries, six, 15, and 12. He he generally is getting pretty good volume. He gets a lot of the red zone work. Six was what Northwestern, where he fumbled twice. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. I had to include it in there, but no, um, that's fair. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, so I was I, putting context to it. Yeah. I, I like him in there. I, I actually think he'll outscore Singleton this week. I think they'll both, they'll both get close to 20. I think Singleton, like I could see it being like 17 and 21 or something like that. So I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my, my mark on Allen here, but could be either. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that gives Singleton the edge is those long explosive plays. He has more, you have runs over 20 yards than, any other Penn state back in the last, I think it's been like four years. I think since journey Brown, three years, maybe. Um, but yeah, so that's the way that Singleton would get there. Uh, my next start is Jalen Moreno Cropper wide receiver for Fresno state. Uh, Jake Hayner's back. You know, that's definitely big for this offense here. Uh, Nico Remigio did outgain and out target. Jalen Moreno Cropper last week, but 
Cropper has more targets, receptions, and yards on the year than Remigio. Cropper is the number one wide receiver in this offense. They get Hawaii this week. They give up 33.7 points per game. That's 13th most in the country. They only give up 206 uh, pass yards per game, but that's because their rush defense is also a sieve. Uh, they give up a lot of explosive plays. Their pass rate is, is terrible. Their pass success rate is terrible. So um, I, I'm not afraid of of this matchup at all for Cropper. Um, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be either. Uh, I'm starting Antoine Green. We talked about him earlier. 12 targets last week. Were you thinking I was going to say that too? Yeah. Uh, no. 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 Uh, yeah. One touchdown in four of his last five. Or, yeah. One touchdown in four of five. Uh, two touchdowns and two of his last four. So I think this is a, a a start moving forward. Yeah, no, I think it's a good call. My last guy, uh, I am starting Jalen Jalen Glover, running back for Utah. Uh, I have no idea. One? I think so. I have two names left. Maybe we, maybe we mix it up when we were throwing it back and forth. I don't know. Um, Jalen Glover, I have no idea what's going on with Tavian Thomas here. Uh, he did not travel with the team. Uh, he has been in, last week. He did not travel with the team. He's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Micah Bernard was hurt last week as well. Uh, so it was the Jalen Glover show. He got 20 carries last week. Uh, he looked decent. You know, he didn't, wasn't a world beater there, but 75 yards, 76 yards and a touchdown there. That's solid. Gets Arizona this week. Arizona gives up the fifth most points in the country, 37.4. They give up the eighth most rush yards in the country with 207.8. So this is a situation to monitor with Tavian Thomas and whether he's back or not. If he's back, I don't trust Glover as much, but uh, you know, I, I kind of give up on trying to figure that out. Uh, and I think Glover is going to be the future of that backfield there. So I am firing up Jalen Glover. You want to know a secret? What's that? I have a team that is very, very loaded uh, that I have a waiver claim in this week to drop Tavion Thomas with it. We drop Tavion Thomas. Uh huh. And pick up another guy. Mm. Craziness. But he's been a bum this year, quite frankly. Um, so I have two left. I, I've only said eight. Uh, I two. just counted. I only had nine, so I missed. Oh, nine. so I will idiot. circle back at the end and give my 10th start. I'll find somebody live on the show here. Okay. Uh, Puka, uh, playing, uh, Boise, uh, double digit targets, two of his last three weeks, um, uh, coincides with his return from injury. Um, uh, and the other week was nine. So he's getting, basically double digit tar targets every week. He has 13 rush attempts between the past three weeks. I think the game script will be in his favor. He's got a touchdown in three straight games. Puka's smashing, and I like him this week as well. And then last one, Colin, Sam Wigloos from Ohio. It's matching time, baby. He's leading his team in targets. Uh, he's got five touchdowns in the last four games. Buffalo's not good. Give me all the Sam Wiggly. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. All right, uh, you name your nine. <laughs> uh, my nine here, uh, Jay Sean Jackson, wide receiver, Ball State. Brennan Armstrong, quarterback for Virginia. Baron Morton, quarterback for Texas Tech. Bucky Irving, running back for Oregon. George Halani, running back for Boise State. Tanner Morgan, quarterback for SMU. Tanner Mordecai, quarterback for say. SMU. 
So, uh, Jalen Moreno Cropper, wide receiver for Fresno State. Elijah Cooks, wide receiver for San Jose State. And Jalen Glover, running back for Utah. I didn't say it when you said it, but by the way, I absolutely do not endorse starting Brennan Armstrong this week. Just want to I know. I didn't figure you did. Um, I'm, it's a little bit bold. Yeah. Little bit bold. Uh, so I have Riley Leonard, quarterback Duke. Damian Martinez, running back uh, Oregon State. Elijah Cooks, wide receiver San Jose State. Charlie Jones, wide receiver Purdue. Katron Allen, running back Penn State. Bucky Irving, running back Oregon. George Halani, running back Boise State. Antoine Green, wide receiver UNC, Puka Nasua, wide receiver BYU, and Sam Wigloos, wide receiver Ohio. All right, Colin. So we are going to head to sits, and that means it's my turn to kick this thing off. I'm sitting all the Notre Dame running backs this week. And by the way, shout out, Colin. You literally said last week to sit everybody on Oklahoma State. And that's it worked. Yeah, um, finally got one. I got one. I got one. Um, Stop the count. Stop the count. That that was most impressive. Um, this is obviously not on the same level, but yeah, I'm sitting all the Notre Dame running backs. Clemson's been pretty good uh, against the run this year. I think I, I, I really think Notre Dame's going to struggle to move the ball in this one. We'll see what happens. I think it'll be a low scoring game, um, but I, I don't, you know, estimate is not going to have 120 and two or again this week or whatever. No. No, I don't think he will either. Um, my first start here is, or my first sit here is Damian Martinez, running back for Oregon State against Washington. Uh, Washington's run defense is ranked 21st in uh, points uh, in rush yards allowed. That's 110.4 rush yards per game. Um, their pass defense is where the problem is. They're 31st worst in the country. Washington also scores the 10th most points. Uh, in the country here in this one. So I think Oregon State is going to have to score to keep up with Washington. My big concern with saying to sit Damian Martinez is the weather. It's supposed to be pretty windy out there apparently on Friday night. Um, So if it is, Washington's pass attack may not quite be as potent as it normally is. That's going to be the thing to monitor, but um, all things equal I don't, I don't know if game script is going to be in Damian Martinez's favor in this one. I think he'll get some volume, but uh, I don't trust him here in this one. I'm sitting Jaden Daniels, LSU quarterback against Alabama this week, and I don't have a lot of analysis on this one. This one's a little bit of a gut one, but I think Bama is going to kind of do its Bama thing and click into shape here. I think that that loss to Tennessee, you know, not wasn't a good thing for them or anything, but I definitely think, you know, we saw a little bit of it last week. They're a little more focused defensively. Uh, and the thing about Daniels is that he has been really hot or cold passing the ball this year. And if he's not sharp, I just don't think that they really threaten Alabama in this game. Um, so I'm sitting Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Uh, he was a guy that I was, I was heavily considering there. My, my only real concern is, is his ability on the ground. He's got three touchdowns in back-to-back weeks there. Yeah, that does worry me a little bit. I, I just think, you know, if he if they don't pass the ball well, I think that, you know, those opportunities are going to be limited. He won't be able to drive them the length of the field running the ball. Right. Him, himself. And they don't have a run game. Right. Uh, my next sit here is Aiden O'Connell, quarterback for Purdue. Uh, he has had under 20 fantasy points in three of his last four games. He has kind of struggled here down the stretch in Big Ten play against some tough defenses. I know you said Iowa – not necessarily defense to be afraid of for Charlie Jones. I think that's, I don't think that's a bad call. 
but I think it is a defense to be afraid of for Aiden O'Connell. You know, Iowa's pass defense is ranked 10th in the country. They only allow 172.1 pass yards per game. They're fifth in points allowed in 15.8. And Aiden O'Connell can only beat you through the air. He has no other way to beat you. Where Charlie Jones, you know, can can get rack up some receptions to get there. Volume, not always the quarterback's friend, especially if they're not scoring touchdowns. Uh, and this game totals at 43 points. So they're expecting this one to be fairly low scoring. So I'm sitting Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, this is actually one of two where I have sit the quarterback, start the receiver. And we saw Stroud didn't have I – mean, he had 24 points or whatever last week. It wasn't a, an amazing week by him, and Harrison still eight. I think might see a very similar situation. I, I also have Aiden O'Connell. Fair enough. Uh, my next sit here is pains me a little bit, uh, but it's Trey Palmer, wide receiver for Nebraska, going up against Minnesota. Uh, he actually hasn't been great in his last three. I mean, he has that 45-point game against Purdue, which is phenomenal, but in the other two of his last three, he's been under – 15 fantasy points and has had single digit uh, targets in two of those last three as well. Uh, Minnesota's pass defense is good. They allow the sixth least most amount of pass yards in the country with 168.1 fourth least amount of points for 14.4. So, or points against um, 14.4. So uh, this Minnesota defense is going to be a problem for Nebraska. Uh, I don't trust Trey Palmer this week. Um, so, uh, next one for me is Tyon Evans, who returned for Louisville this week and had a hundred yards and a touchdown in that one. Uh, James, they played James Madison this week. James Madison, like people don't necessarily realize this is actually one of the best rush defenses in the country. They're pretty stingy. Um, and I think Evans, like the, the, he just doesn't quite get enough volume to overcome that. So I am, uh, you might be happy that he's back. Uh, you might be tempted to put him out there. I would not do that personally yeah i was uh considering malik cunningham but uh for the same reason how good james madison's defense is but i don't think i would sit cunningham here he's got a couple of different ways to get uh to have a nice day so i like that call though on evans uh, my next sit here is uh cedric tillman wide receiver for tennessee uh going up against georgia this week obviously not a good matchup there. Georgia has a very stout defense. So I, I would be a little bit concerned about that. Uh, just in general, you know, they have the 13th low, least amount of pass yards allowed with 177.1, uh, second in points against with 10.5. But beyond that, um, Tillman was actually third in targets last week. Uh, he got out targeted by Brew McCoy and Jalen Hyatt. Now, this was his first game back here uh, after a, a rather lengthy absence, so that could definitely have something to do with it. But I don't think Jalen Hyatt is going anywhere um, You know, this year. I think that he has showed enough that he's going to continue to be a, a huge part of this offense, if not even necessarily the wide receiver one. Um, so I would be a little bit concerned about Tillman in this one for sure. Um, I'm sitting, uh, Xavier Valaday this week. I think he just gets game scripted out here against UCLA. Um, so after him being a, a big, uh, start for me last week, uh, I have Xavier Valaday as a sit here. Yeah. I, uh, I actually almost picked him as a sit as well. I had him written down. I ended up taking it out because I think the volume could be there. I think that could help. 
Um, I understand the game strip concerns, though, for sure. And UCLA's rush defense is actually pretty solid. Yeah, they've been pretty good this year, Oregon notwithstanding. Right, right. Uh, my next sit is a twofer. I'm sitting Caden Prather and Bryce Ford Wheaton this week. Mm. Um, Prather and Bryce Ford Wheaton have not been as good as what we would want. Um, Prather has had under 15 fantasy points in four of his last five. Bryce Ford Wheaton is at under 15 fantasy points in five straight. So they haven't quite been as good as we would hope to be. They get Iowa State this weekend, and they uh, Iowa State's pass defense gives up the 16th least most in the country with 180.1 yards per game and the seventh least points against with 16.6. So this is a tough defensive matchup here. Uh, next up for me is Jaron Hall. He's the other um, uh, quarterback where I, where I said start the wide receiver and set the quarterback. Boise's been pretty solid defensively. Um, I think this will be a, a somewhat difficult matchup for Jaron Hall. Um, and so I'm sitting him. I, I don't think he'll have an awful day, but I don't think he'll hit, you know, kind of what we want, you know, 20, 26, 27, 28 plus points. Um, yeah, I actually also have um, Jaron Hall as oh, well on my list here. Um, he has been under 20 fantasy points in three of his last four as well. Um, 12, 26, 17, and nine. Boise State's defense is first in pass yards allowed, the 133.6. This is a tough matchup for him. Um, I'm sitting him too. I'm sitting uh, Zion Bowens and Diedrich Parson this week for Hawaii. Um, and this Fresno is not great defensively, but I think Parson gets game scripted out. And then Bowens just has been like so up and down this season. Um, I, I just disappointed me last week. I get burned every time I say start him. So maybe if I say sit him, he'll have a big week. I don't know. I don't know. I give up. Fair enough. Uh, my next sit here is Jalen White running back for Georgia Southern. Uh, he has scored four in four straight games. He's got over 15 touches in uh, every single game this year. But uh, South Alabama is fourth in rush yards against the 84.8 rush yards allowed per game against them. Uh, and Georgia Southern is more of a pass-heavy team. Uh, they pass at a higher neutral game script rate um, so at above average game neutral game script right here. So I'm worried about Jalen White in the game script here. It's a tough matchup as well. So I'm, I'm sitting him this week. Um, I just realized that I also had Caden Prather. So I'll just bounce it back to you. Uh, My next sit here is Keelan Stokes, wide receiver for mm. Tulsa. Um, he has double digit targets one time in the last five games. Uh, he has gone over 100 yards three times in that span, though. So he's been doing it on uh, he's he's been very efficient uh, on his his targets. But Tulane's defense is legit. Uh, 184.6 pass yards allowed per game. That's 20th best, uh, 12th best in points allowed per game, 17.4 points per game. And I don't know if Davis Brin is going to play in this one. I uh, took a shot there at the end of the game last week. Um so he may not play in this one here. So I'm sitting Keelan Stokes. I'm sitting uh, Zay Flowers. I just I have zero faith in Phil Jerkovic anymore. I'm just sitting Flowers everywhere. I don't care. I don't care. I don't. I don't care who they're playing. I know they're playing Duke. I don't really care who it is. I'm just. I don't. I don't trust Phil Jerkovic at all. Fire him into the moon, sun, whatever, space, not on Earth. Just get him away. Fair enough. 
Uh, I am sitting Roman Hemby running back for Maryland. Uh, he's had over 20 points, uh, fantasy points in back-to-back games here, 21 and 38, over 20 touches in both of those games. But Talia did miss last week where Roman Hemby, Roman Hemby had his season high in carries with 24. Talia is expected back this week. Um, so I think that the, the offense is going to be a little bit more pass heavy than they were last week. And Wisconsin's run defense is uh, pretty stout as well. They allow the 25th least most yards allowed uh, with 113. So I'm sitting heavy. I think this is my last one. Percy Agai Obise or Obise, however you say his last name, running back for JMU. Um, I He's really been buoyed by touchdown production this year when he scored a couple touchdowns. He's... He's been a fantasy guy, but he's only done that twice. Um, outside of those weeks, he's not been particularly good. I think Louisville uh, is not the matchup for him to get you know, multiple touchdowns. So I'm sitting a guy, a B-say. Uh, I am sitting Evan Hall running back for Northwestern. Going back to the well here on this one. But he has under 10 fantasy points in four of his last five games. He started the season very hot, as did this Northwestern team. And they have both since come back down to earth. Now, I think it's more on Northwestern as a team than it is on Hall. Uh, you know, but the, when they got into the Big Ten schedule here, they've really struggled. They've only scored more than two touchdowns once in the last five weeks. Ohio State's defense uh, is 10th in rush yards allowed. They allow less than 100 yards per game. They also allow uh, the 10th least points in the country. Uh, they are a Ohio State is a 38 point favorite in this one. This could get ugly and this could get ugly fast. Yeesh. So uh, I don't trust Evan Hall. I think I have my 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, I believe I do. So yeah. I'll read off our starts and then I have my last sit. I do have it. You have, your, you have your last start, you mean? Yes, that one. Okay. I'll start with the sits here. So I'm sitting Notre Dame running backs. Uh, Jaden Daniels, quarterback LSU, Tyon Evans, running back Louisville, uh, Xavier Valade, running back Arizona State, Aiden O'Connell, quarterback Purdue, Jaron Hall, quarterback BYU, uh, Caden Prather, wide receiver uh, uh, West Virginia, Zay Flowers, wide receiver Boston College, Zion Bowens, and Dedrick Parson, wide, uh, Hawaii, and then Percy Gaiobise, running back JMU. I am sitting Damian Martinez, running back for Oregon State, Aiden O'Connell, quarterback Purdue, Trey Palmer, wide receiver Nebraska, Cedric Tillman, wide receiver Tennessee, Caden Prather and Bryce Ford Wheaton, wide receivers against uh, wide receivers for West Virginia, uh, Jalen White, running back for Georgia Southern, Jaron Hall, quarterback BYU, Keelan Stokes, wide receiver Tulsa, Roman Hemby, running back Maryland, and Evan Hall running back for Northwestern. All right. And then here's your last uh, start here, Colin. What'd you pull out of the hat? If last it's in my head, swear to God. Pull out of the hat. Uh, Antoine Green. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Demario Douglas, wide receiver for Liberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get Arkansas this week. Arkansas's pass defense is absolutely atrocious. They give up the second most yards in the country with 311.9. They give up the 20... Uh, 20th most points against with 30.1.9 points allowed. Uh, and tomorrow, Douglas, uh, past two weeks, eight catches in, in both of those games. Um, he is the focal point of this passing attack here. 
Um, so I, I think he is going to have a nice week this week because that's the way that you beat Arkansas. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. As always, tune in to all of the other great shows here on the Campus to Canton podcast feed. Check out the YouTube channel. Check out uh, Instagram. Check out Twitter. Check out, of course, campus2canton.com. Everything that we do is over there. Uh, until next time, guys, I am Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good one.